Hey Zen friends, welcome to Crazy Zen Life. I'm your host, Brittany Swan. And I'm your host, Shannon Kessler. Join us as we navigate life on and off our yoga mats. This is a podcast about mom life, boss life, and body life. Real conversations about self-discovery and the journey of becoming more mindful in this crazy Zen life. going to be interesting, Shannon. It's going to be interesting. Well, there's a lot of interesting things going on in the world today, and we're going to hit just a few of them. So, you know, fingers crossed. We're going to get through this episode and see what it's going to be like. But welcome back to Social Catch-Up on the Crazy Zen Life podcast. I am Shannon Kessler, joined by Brittany Swan. Yes, not to be confused with Brittany Spears. BS and a BS, but completely different human beings, different spelling of the word Brittany. And I like to say I am co-host with the best Brittany. The best. That's so sweet. <laughs> I am fully clothed today too. Yeah. So. <laughs> Which the other BS can't say very much that she's fully clothed. Because as we noticed this week and her entire Instagram following, Brittany was having a romp in the Polynesian. Is that where she was? Somewhere in she Polynesian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on a private beach and rolling around naked. And all that was covering her up were these little tiny flower emoji pasties uh-huh. that, oh, thank you, Georgie, um, that uh, she strategically placed on herself as she's rolling around naked on the beach. You know, what's really funny about this because like when you edit a picture, like you can't, can you put emojis on a picture at, on the editing, like on Instagram? I think or she probably she had to, yeah, I'm pretty sure she had to use an app for that. I don't, because if she knows how to do that, I'm going to be really impressed that you can do that on Instagram, but I'm pretty sure that takes an editing app to make that happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what I'm really amazed by is like, you know, so when you do editing apps and, you know, you put something on it, it gives you like the size and use it the percentage or something like that. She had to scroll all the way down to like 7%, you know and I'm like? <laughs> I like it. I like it. She's like, I want that size. No, we're not going 20% on that diamond emoji. We're going 1%. It's like barely covering an areola is it was pretty intense. And I, I was here for it. I was like, you do you, but I'm so surprised that the pictures are still up. Like that's what's surprising me. Oh yeah. You think she would have taken them down by now? No, I think Instagram would have taken them down because you know, Instagram is kind oh. of weird about nudity. And I mean, like usually, I mean, some things have t- been taken down. So, I mean, I just, <laughs> I was just amazed by like, the size of the emoji over her vagina that that didn't get flagged. So I'm like, <laughs> if it's not getting flagged, then I say every girl out there went their diamond emoji out there. You diamond on girl. <laughs> you got Brittany blazing your path. You know, she's always been a trailblazer. Let her, let her, let her blaze this trail too. <laughs> blaze away i want it i'm I'm here for it i would but then i got okay so let's just we acknowledge the emojis roses diamonds she's she's very particular in some of them she's always loved the rose that's been one that she repeats yeah but that's that's in correlation to her lawyer right because his last name is like Rosenberg. Well, or Rosenberg. He's naked, so. well, I think the the what I gather when she talks about the rose is like the rose is why she has freedom. Um, Thanks to her lawyer. I think that is uh, so. And I don't know if he's like 
You don't have to thank me in every post that you're naked in, girl. I don't know. I don't know. Is he having this conversation with her? Is he not? I don't know. Sometimes I get uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know. It would be uncomfy for me. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, just send me an edible arrangement. Like, that's you where know, I would be. It kind of feels like Brittany is the the girl that had the super strict parents in, in high school and she wasn't allowed to do anything. And then she went off to college for the first time and went buck ass wild. This is what happened. Britney Spears has been under conservatorship for 13 years and now she's got some freedom and she's going legit, but ass wild and living it, living her truth. Oh, so this is like her Jolly Rancher in a Zima moment. Like this exactly. is her exactly. This is it. Like living it. I get it. I get it. Like, and it's just all for the world to see. Instead of my three drunk ass friends in my closet watching me drink a Zima with a Jolly Rancher. Now we get to see it all like 3 billion people. So yeah, you do. Yeah. So, you know, she's, she's living her life and we're, we're just out I here. think it's funny. I do too. I love it for her. And in all honesty, you've gotten this far. You've been able to, you know, you've made all this money you've done these things, but you haven't been able to live. Right. So she's like, I need to do all the living in six months. And it's like, great. Full steam ahead, Brett. Go right ahead. And she did just sign a deal, a book deal, like a tell-all for $15 million. So I'm like, you know, I'm here for that for her. So, you know, again, I hope that she's got the right people in the right places who have negotiated a very lucrative, um, what's it called? Royalty. Like for every book you sell, you get like also a bajillion dollars. So I hope that that does really well for her. I'll buy it. I'll tell you that. I will buy it and I will support her girl. I will too. I'll listen to it for sure. Only if she reads it. Oh, I was going to say, I don't know if I can listen to it if she reads it. <laughs> it might take us a while to I would, do that I book. Would tune in. I would tune in. It would take her five years to make it too, but I would tune in. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of had this thought though, like maybe the the naked pictures are like part of her therapy in some way. Like I'm not saying her therapist is saying for her to post these, but maybe it's like some kind of like clarity or release or something. And like, it's part of her like 12 step program almost or, or something because or recovery from something, because it seems like she's really enjoying it. <laughs> so yeah. I felt like, but it was like more than just putting it out there. It was like something like she really wanted to do or something. I don't know. It was, it, it, that's how it read to me. Cause it was like back to back to back to back to back to back to back. Well, and she's also um, enjoying using all caps in her, in her <laughs> post, <laughs> which she also touches on too. Oh, and she's <laughs> She's so happy. <laughs> and the dots, so many dots, so many dots. What does it mean? I don't, I don't know. I don't it's know. like, oh, we're still going. Oh, there's all the dots. Okay, yeah, all right. Dots. Oh, well, I mean, I'm I'm happy for her. She seems really happy, but I just think it's funny too. But it makes me like when I said my nipples free. I'm wondering what emoji I would put over my private parts. What would you put over yours? Oh, that is Have a you thought great about great question. I've never thought about a private emoji placement but now gosh can i can i peek can i, I, I take a look i think a scroll you would Mine do a would troll? Like the skulls like the dead the dead the you skulls. would put a skull over your fujine like no, deadly do not enter is that you're like <laughs> don't cross you'll die true. oh yeah that's true to <laughs> no entry <laughs> yeah no um let's see what would i be i <laughs> put an avocado on there you, you I, green you know person. 
the squirrel emoji is really cute. Maybe I'd put the squirrel there. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate the squirrel. I hate the squirrel on your you hate vagina. The, oh, I was like, you hate the squirrel. I love the squirrel. I was said avocado. I feel like that was great. It kind of looked like, I mean. I don't have a green vagina. I don't know that I would put a bumpy avocado on my lady pits. <laughs> I'm going to say no, thank you. <laughs> well, well, may- maybe the unicorn. Maybe I would put the unicorn on top. I would. Uh, that's acceptable. Yeah. Ooh, or <laughs> what'd you say? The crystal ball. That's the crystal- my favorite. Oh, movie. that's a good one. Maybe, good um, one. maybe the conch shell. Like it has kind of a a vibe. <laughs> it's like a, it is a vibe. That is a vibe. <laughs> All right, I'm going conch shell. <laughs> Death by conch shell. Here you go. Yeah. Don't be a conch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we should then. give these all to Britney Spears and be like, listen, there's others. There, there's more. And, you know, maybe she'll do more photo shoots, photo shoots and use more emojis. One right. can hope. One can hope. One can hope. Yeah. You know, we're also, we're hoping for is peace in Russia. I know we slipped right into social catch up, but we were, we are not just so unaware of what's going on in the world. Um, we did take a little pause last week. Um, we were both kind of uh, indisposed and out of town, but we were heavily paying attention to what's going on in the world. So we do send our love and support and we are not, uh, we really want all this to end. We don't know what's going on in the world. Don't really know what to say, but it's really fucked up. It is. And, you know, we definitely um, kind of went back and forth of like, should we, should we do a podcast? Should we talk about things? And I think the answer is yes, we should. Cause I think it's um, you know, it's important to, to live and to learn and to keep learning more. And I, I'm learning a lot when, uh, you know, with new stories that come out and people that post things and uh, stories that come and like, you know, I didn't, I definitely didn't understand like why any of this was happening. Um, and, you know, the, the, I think the, the breakdown that made the most sense to me was like, Ukraine is a girl who's been, you know, in an abusive relationship with Russia for a long time. She finally gets the courage to leave. She's been working on herself for a long time. And all of a sudden the boyfriend comes back and starts stalking her. And she's like, no, no, I'm not interested. And then all of a sudden the boyfriend comes in and tries to take her back. And she's, you know, strong, but not strong enough to fight on her own and is going to need support and to need help to, to get out of this bad relationship. So I was like, okay, that, you know, was one of those things that I was like, that's an interesting way of looking at that. And a very, you know, simple in like the simplest of terms. Um, you know, obviously we, we would hope that it didn't take war and that people didn't lose their lives and their freedoms weren't at stake. And we really are hoping for a resolution sooner than later. And it's been really interesting to see how it's been affecting other people globally. And by other people, I mean, yes, there's other countries that are trying to, you know, make harsh, um, stand-ups against Russia about what they're doing, but it's trickling down into, um, you know, the entertainment industry into the sports industry. And we wanted to talk a little bit about how it is affecting some sports that, um, you know, people who are finding their connections with Russia and being like, absolutely not. We don't want your money. We don't want any of these connections. And Brittany, you were saying that you found a couple sports. Um, and I know like in the F1 circuit, we've been, we just talked about this on our podcast this week about the, um, the influence of Russian money in Formula One. But what were you finding in, um, in the sports that you looked at? Well, I read a couple of articles and I thought this was really interesting because, um, it just, it just goes to show you how vast, like the web 
when I say web and that meant like the internet, like the web of, of sports can really take over between sponsorships, partnerships, affiliations, um, even like, um, contracts. I mean, there's just so many things involved and everything is intertwined. So, uh, Manchester United terminated a sponsorship with Russia's national airline Aeroflot. I could be betraying that, which is the British government, uh, which the British government had already banned from the UK airports as part of the raft of sanctions. Um, and then Audrey, I'm going to, I'm not the best with these names. So just bear with me. Audrey Rublev, the Russian tennis player who won doubles title in the Ukraine with, with Ukrainian Denias Molkinov last weekend called, called for peace via Instagram. Um, so they're all, they're coming out in support. And then Australia's divers and skiers have pulled out of all competitions involving Russians. Yeah, that's in the, in the F1 circuit. So there's an American team and it's called Haas and it has, um, a Russian driver and a German driver and the Russian driver, his dad, um, owns this, like it's a big fertilizer company, but it's also a company that owns the mining, um, and the chemicals, like everything that they make in this fertilizer, like it's like a chain, like they own the whole operation. Okay. And Mm -hmm. this person, like the, the company is called Uracle. And that was like the main title sponsor for Haas, the American car company that's in formula one. And Mazepin, their driver, his dad is like two degrees from Putin. Like he was in on the business meeting of like the 25 largest um, important businessmen in Russia that they were in like this luncheon. And then two hours later, Putin dropped the first bomb. So it's like, oh my gosh. So immediately Haas was like, absolutely not. We don't want like we're, you know, they took the, um, the name off of the car. They cut ties with the sponsorship. They're like, nope, we don't want this. The FIA, who's the governing body of Formula One, said that um, they were like, okay, well, Russian drivers can still drive, but they have to do it under a neutral flag. Kind of like the um, in the Olympics where the Russians can still compete, but not under the, you know, it's like the Olympic right. committee, like not the actual. Russian yeah, independent. right. So the Russian and the Belarusian drivers could still drive, but then like the Ukraine was like, no, we don't love that at all. Um, so the FIA at Formula One has decided to, because uh, they had a Formula One race in Sochi in Russia and they completely terminated that contract. So there will be no more Russian Grand Prix. And they were set the, to drive there this year, but they're like, absolutely not. And then the British motorsports have decided they will not allow any Russian drivers or Belarusian drivers to drive on their soil. So like, even if wow. Haas keeps Mossipin as a driver, he's not allowed to to race in Silverstone, which is like a huge um, Grand Prix that happens in the UK. So it's it's really interesting to see like how people are taking a stance and they're like, you know, we're this is not okay. We're not going to allow this. And I mean, they're giving up a lot of money to do this, and rightfully so. I mean, people are losing their lives left over, left and right, which is way more important than the profits you know you're going to make from this. So I'm just really glad to see that there are companies who are still willing to put people over profit and being like, we don't want your money. We're good. I mean, at the end of it, that is the most important thing. Yes. Agreed. And then there are people leaving their, all their belongings behind and hunkering down in abandoned subways and not, I mean, and hearing things go on above them, knowing that they're not going to see that probably see their friends and family or don't know where they are. Um, so it's very, it's very frightening. I, 
I really do wish for a resolution because I do feel like it could really change the course of years to come for all yeah. of us if we if nothing comes from this quickly. I, I agree. And I th- there were two things that I was struck as like, God, this is heartbreaking. The um, the babies that were in the intensive care units that had to be moved to like bomb shelters because they were, you know, families had to leave their babies behind and they weren't safe to stay in the hospital. So these nurses had to take um, like an entire ward and put into a bomb shelter with these little babies. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then another like really heartbreaking moment. And again, the eye opening of like how racism isn't just a, a once- you know, it just in our lands, it goes everywhere that there were black people who were in the Ukraine that were trying to get out of Ukraine and cross the border. And they were told they there were people who were like pushing them to the back of getting onto the train. So like white people were trying to get on before the, they would let the black people on. And then they were going to try to cross the border. And the border patrol was saying, no, we need Ukrainians to go across first. You need to move to the back of the queue. And they were like, we're still people. We're not even you. Like, we need to get out of here. We need to be safe. And they're like, no, we need Ukrainians to get through. first." And I was like, holy wow. Isn't that crazy? So like there were being organizations. Hmm? Being human just doesn't count enough. Yeah. Apparently being no. human doesn't count. You have to look you have to look white enough to, to cross the border. I'm like, this is bullshit. Um, but there were some organizations who set up, I think on the Poland side of things where there was a certain, and again, I don't know the specifics of what, like where on the border this was, but they were like, if you go to this border, there's a whole um, charters of buses that are there to help black people try to cross into Poland and get them to safety. And I was like, oh my God, I, I didn't, again, I didn't even realize that that was an issue that you, you would even face in the, you know, in a refugee situation, you would be so selective and racist about who you're letting cross your borders or not. And I was like, man, come on. That is, I'm happy that those people saw what they needed to do. I'm sad that that has to exist. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. That's, that's shocking. Okay, I can't wait. I hope next week. I mean, cause I really truly believe that so much can happen as we've seen can happen in a week. Maybe we are in a peaceful spot. Maybe just oh you know can I just stop uh go on a little tangent I think Heather yeah. McMahon was right like I listened to her podcast yesterday and she's like why aren't more women involved do you think we'd have more if women were in charge I really don't like I don't I, yeah. I feel like <laughs> it would be what she was talking about like oh my god like like Poland is kind of annoying but did have some points so let's sit down like have a little ceviche and let's gap about it like I agree. It's so funny before um, I even listened to her podcast yesterday, I was, I had that same thought of like, how many wars were started by women? And I'm like, I don't, again, I'm not a a history buff by, by any means, but I don't know of wars that actually were started by women. I'm sure there were women who men fought over and that caused a war, but women just being like manipulative. Sure. I'm not saying that we're we're free and clear of any malice, but I'm by no means. Yeah. But there's women, I think, are better at conflict resolution with like, we don't have to go to the extremes of proving a point. And I say this, but there's also like the petty side of women that would be like, oh, we won't start a war. But let me tell you, you're not a, you're not going to get this ship. Like We're there's going to be petty. Exactly. So <laughs> I mean, we would find petty ways to be about it. But I don't think war would be the way that we try to solve these problems. No, you know why? Because you ain't got time. That's right. what we would say. Like, I don't have time for war right now. So what I'm going to do is like, we're going to meet. You're not invited to like the party, but listen, we can have coffee. 
Yeah, but we need to talk some things out. It's getting, it's just too far. We've taken it too far. And then I'm going to talk to my friends and then maybe next year you can be invited to the party. <laughs> That's what I see. <laughs> and like, yes, you can ship some of your stuff over here. And yeah, I'll give you some money. I know that's not right for us. It's we're not making fun of it. It just feels like women would definitely be in a better spot. I agree. I mean, well, the only way to know that is to put more women in power and let let's play it out. Let's see how it would work. Because so far, New Zealand's doing a bang up job, right? Like she she's got the prime minister of New Zealand has got a great track record. I'm like, all right, girl. You want to share with the group? <laughs> She's like, no one's listening. No, I'm good. We're good over here. <laughs> okay. You know what, though? She ain't got no time to go to war either. She's like, no. listen, I got kids. <laughs> She's got to cook dinner. <laughs> My husband's annoying the fuck out of me because he won't pick up his socks. So, like, right. she ain't got time. She ain't got time. She's she like, time for listen, war. our island's good over here. Y'all y'all keep that crazy shit out. All right? All right. She I feel that. She yeah. I'm not surprised by, like, islands being like run by women too like look at england like i mean it's not shocking i mean does she really run it probably not but no it's just like that's what that's women's vibe like here just give me an island that's all i need because that's manageable <laughs> <laughs> everything else go fuck yourself <laughs> like you guys we don't want to be out, right <laughs> yeah I'm like this i don't need too- borders <laughs> yeah Mm-mm. it's too constricting and i'm not about it <laughs> I love how every, every like matriarch that we're talking about is a millennial like valley girl. <laughs> Cause that's right. what it is. Cause <laughs> clearly that's how the queen talks, <laughs> you know, clearly, clearly. <laughs> like why is parliament so random? <laughs> why are they making these dumb decisions? Queenie? I don't know. Just sip your tea. I don't know. I'm sorry. If you're still here, we do have one more topic, yeah. to play, which <laughs> we have been really excited about for a while. So if you guys haven't seen Tinder Swindler, push pause, go check it out. It is amazing. Um, I really enjoy Netflix documentaries that are executed like this because it is almost like a page turner for your eyeballs. I could not, I could not stop watching. I did not know what was going to happen. So basically the, the story behind this is that these um, women over in Europe would be swiping on Tinder. By the way, I didn't know Tinder was a Tinder. Tinder was a um, was a global, global app. Was just, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. They're not that. That's where I learned. They would be swiping. They would see this just amazing, engaging, very attractive man, Simon Leviev or Leviev. I never know how to say his last name. Okay. Leviev, and by his profile, he looked very well-traveled and he looked very experienced and very handsome and, and I guess elegant. And it, it was very attractive to, to any woman. Now, I don't believe that these, these women definitely messaged him, definitely checked out his Instagram profile and saw that he did do all these amazing things and amazing cars and traveled and traveled private jets. So, but it also said that he was the son of a diamond tycoon which is how he got all this money which is how he was able to you know post pictures of this lavish luxurious lifestyle so when you ask like well what how did he make his money well i'm using air quotes right now because he is the son of a um diamond tycoon proceed yeah so he photoshopped himself into these pictures with these okay you just gave the spoiler (laughs) spoiler alert (laughs) oh yeah spoiler so 
of course he doesn't end up being this guy. Okay. What is, I did say push the top by the way. So he doesn't end up being, all of it is a facade. He has creates almost like a Ponzi scheme for attracting these women into his life, somehow manipulating them into thinking that he has like all this money and then kind of switching the cards around. Hang on before you, before you switch the card, like these women who have gone on dates with him are experiencing these things with him. So they're being flown private. They're going to like five-star hotels. They're eating these seven course meals. They're getting lavished with gifts. So he he is like love bombing them Mm -hmm. until we find out that this is not his actual money. It's the previous girl's money. Correct. So it is like, it's like a constant rollover to where what he, when he gets a new girl in, how he's paying for the new girl stuff is from the previous girl stuff. So while he's paying for all this stuff and acting like it's all of his, it's how- actually under a different account, usually from mm-hmm. another girl who's, he's saying, Oh my gosh, my life is in danger. I, all my money is tied up. You have to send $35,000, a hundred thousand dollars in cash. I'm like, right. And you, and you think like these but th- this is the thing, like I, as watching this show, I'm like, how can you be so stupid? But honestly, if I, if I experienced that first date, second date, whatever, and I'm in these lavish hotels, I mean, I would have fallen for it. I'm like, well, ha- I saw it in person. Like it, it would have, I don't know if I would definitely fall for it the entire time, but I would definitely fall for it in the beginning. I would have been hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. I think there, there definitely would have been a financial cutoff that I would have been like, listen, I'm sorry about your luck. I wish you all the best. I, I hope that you stay safe. And if you get out on the other side, call me. But like there would have been a point where he's like, you need to sell your house or you need to mortgage your house. You need to sell your car. Like I need this money or they're going to kill me. I would like that would have been for me. I'd have been like, we're getting the the police involved. Like there would have been steps I would have taken before getting, you know, tens of thousands of dollars into debt for somebody who we were trying to save his life. I'd been like, Mm, this is out of my, you know, like this is above my pay grade and you're going to need, like, you're going to need help. And I don't like, again, he was so convincing and so charismatic. And this is what psychopaths do. Like they just like these, they create these stories that they have proof to fund. And, you know, he was showing pictures of him and his bodyguard being in ambulances and, you know, they're all cut up because they got into a scuffle trying to escape the people who were trying to kill them. And, you know, there were times where these women are like, we felt like we were in danger, you know, just even being in, you know, in proximity to him. So I could see, I definitely could see how these women felt like a responsibility, but I think he also preyed on these type of women who he knew were, you know, going to be this clickbait type of woman who's like, she's going to be clingy pretty quick. She's going to want attention. She's going to want, you know, these things. And like, he knew that this kind of person is who he needed to manipulate. And it was, it was eye opening to see how many people that it happened to. I mean, because it was like the documentary follows like two girls and like there are two women, I should say, um, and their accounts with it. And then it kind of opens up to this whole like vast, you know, Rolodex of women who have had the same story by him and even some men. Um, you know, we find out that he scammed families, um, thinking that he was a male nanny and scammed families out of hundreds or thousands of dollars. And, um, and not just like in one country, but this is happening all over the world. So apparently he's from, Israel, right? Right? Was yeah. he? Yeah, he was Israeli. Um, and he got kicked out of that country and like at a very early age, too. 
very early. Yeah. Because he impersonated somebody, um, you know, in that country too. And they're like, no, you need to get out. Like, this is not okay. I mean, I thought, I thought the third girl was the most intriguing because after they kind of wrap up with the two primary girls that, that he stole a lot of money from, and then he finds this other girlfriend and she was, she was suspicious from the beginning, but she did get love bombed and she was all in. And then she discovers who Simon really is very, very quickly from one of the previous girls who reached out to her. And I thought this was so freaking genius. This girl, when she sold all of his clothes. Yeah. And again, I like high end, like Louis Vuitton and Chanel and Dior, like you're, when you sell these clothes, you're getting premium price tag pricing. So she's like, Oh, fuck this. Like (laughs) she'd already given him a ton of money. So, I mean, she wasn't as in debt as the other girls, but she, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't near reach them the amount that she was owed, but she definitely put a hurt and it was to see his reaction. I just heavily recommend you watching it because it is so interesting how she, she had to be very calculated in the way that she went about this in order for her not to be caught. And he was never suspicious that she knew it was so interesting. It was it was so really interesting. interesting. And then like once the this documentary came out on Netflix, you're starting to see like on in social media in real time of like people coming out being like, oh my gosh, this happened to me. And, um, you know, and then it, I think it comes out that like he wanted to start his own dating app because Tinder eventually banned him for life from ever using the app because again, he's frauding these women and nothing that he did with this fraud was illegal because the money was coming from the women. Like they're the ones going into this debt. And, but what he was, because it was like, it was a gift from the women to him. So he's not really on the line to pay any of this money back. He's just, it's fraud. But what was interesting is like, at some point there was like a movie deal somebody wanted to make about him. And like, it kind of just got this smart manager. Yeah. He hired a manager. He was still using the name Simon Laviv, which was really interesting because that's not his real name. And then it comes out that the Laviv family, the real Laviv family was like, oh, fuck that. You are tarnishing our name. This You're ruining the legacy of this family. So now they're suing the fake Simon Laviv because he used an unauthorized photo of the real Laviv dad um, and photoshopped himself into the photo of Laviv and his wife. And he's like, no, that's fraudulent. You can't do that. You stole this identity and now this is how they're going to hook him in. So I am like watching this story too with like, what's going to happen to him? Because it's, he's such a piece of shit. And I'm like, how is he still free? How is he, how did, how did nobody just take this guy and like find something for him to be in jail about? Like, I don't know. Um, but now, now, now he has. So we'll, we'll wait and see you know, I don't know where he's going to like where they take him to court. I don't know what jurisdiction that's under. I have no idea where this is going to, you know, shake down, but I am very intrigued to find out how it's going to end. Yeah. I have the statement from the daughter of uh, the Lviv, the actual Lviv family. Um, She said, as she addressed NBC news um, about the lawsuit, she said, this is the very, the first very uncertain step to ensure that Hayot, I guess that's how you say his name, faces and faces justice and gets the sentence that he deserves finally. So get him, girl, go after it. I mean, it's I mean, he is exploiting a very, a very pronounced name or profound name, I guess, in the uh, in the 
diamond world and i would i mean wouldn't you kind of have a question I'm like should i buy diamonds with this person <laughs> i mean 100 like if you didn't know that he wasn't part and you got wind of that story and you didn't know that would directly affect the sales of that company so i mean they have every right to go after this guy for defamation and you know what is it when you um yeah defamation is when you you ruin your name right I don't know. I just hope he gets in trouble. Yeah. And in in this also, it says that um, they do believe that it's the amount of money that he has conned victims out of is way more than the documentary has stated now that more accounts have come forward. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be a long, hard battle. I don't think he's going to make, have a movie deal. I think it's just capitalizing on the momentum and yeah, I think, I think once it dies down, it's going to die hard and he's going to go to jail. Good. Well, let's, I'm sure sure he's going to be back out there doing something. People like that. They're like cockroaches. Like they don't, they don't die with one full swoop. You gotta, (laughs) you really gotta. Yeah. I know a lot about cockroaches now, so um, mm. it takes several smacks. Yeah. And they're fast as fuck. They- <laughs> fast as fuck, boy. Fast as fuck. We're so happy that you guys are here with us today. Uh, keep tuning in. We're going to keep putting some more stuff out. We hope the world calms down. We wish you peace and love wherever you are. And um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Help keep the CZL momentum going by rating our podcast and writing a review. If you love what you heard in today's episode, snap a screenshot and post it to your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag us.